the final week of the regular season. I mean, uh, probably because, you know, uh, hopefully you've made it and your team isn't like one in 12 at this point in time. And uh, hopefully your league is normal. And this is the last week of the regular season. And you're not playing all the way through to week 18 for some weird reason, or like we missed the boat and your, you know, your playoffs started in week 11. You know, you're like, Hey man, like we've been doing two week playoff matchups this whole time. Where have you guys all been? But anyway, we're probably there at the final week of the regular season. And and what better way to kick off this week than whatever happened in Buffalo on Monday? What I don't know if that was a football game or what we can call that. Uh, that was such a horrific display of just bad kicks. Well, not, not even bad kicks, just the wind doing whatever it wanted to do. Uh, that, you know, noted New England Patriots fan and, uh, you know, podcast analyst here, Ryan Heath, has sworn off football. Uh, and he just he just can't he couldn't bring himself to do it. Uh, actually, he has finals. Uh, he is uh, unable to uh, record with us today um, because I guess college is you know more important uh, or whatever. It's just winter semester. You got plenty of time to make it up uh, next semester, Ryan. But anyway, uh, so that means today it is just going to be myself, Miles Nelson here, and Eric Smith. You know, as always, uh, editor in chief and and ranking man supreme at uh, QB list. So, Eric, what what are your thoughts on on what you watched on Monday? I actually kind of enjoyed it. I mean, it, for, it was the Monday night game, so I was kind of already full of football and kind of half watching it. But for that kind of experience, uh, I thought it was fun. Like Josh Allen's just ripping the ball through the wind as hard as he can. Uh, it was kind of a challenge to see how much he could get on those passes. The opening kickoff went like into the crowd by like 15 yards. Um, I, I think one kickoff went through the uprights. It was like a, a wild experiment. So I kind of enjoyed it. Like I was not on the edge of my seat by any means, but um, I don't know. It's kind of just a nice way to wrap up what's just been a bizarre season. So uh, definitely reminded me that uh, weather matters for fantasy football. Um, you know, we can't really get into it much on this podcast because we're so far out, but uh, it's time to raise the players who are playing in domes up a couple spots. I think, uh, you know, I woke up this morning and there was snow on the ground in Ohio. So uh, it's coming everywhere. It's time to take this into consideration. So uh, we probably realized it one week too late after that performance, but uh, keep an eye on the weather. Yeah, I mean, there was definitely some some news ahead of time, like a day or two in advance about the uh, state of the winds in Buffalo and, and kind of what to expect. And there's definitely a lot being made, you know, leading up to to game time, which obviously was uh, too late because it was on yeah. Monday and you set your lineup the day before. But uh, I remember watching a, a video on Twitter of Tyler Bass uh, practicing, I think it was a 30 yard field goal. Uh, against the wind and it literally looked like there was a Jedi sitting in the crowd using the force to stop the ball right as it would have crossed the uh, uprights and just send it the opposite direction. I've never seen anything like that. Uh, that that kickoff that went through the uprights was also being held. It was not on the little holder because they the wind was so strong. They needed a human being to sit there and hold it like it was a field goal kick. So just a, a bizarre day of football. Um, you know, only three pass attempts for the Patriots in their win. So anyway, we're not here to talk about last week. Uh, we it, it is a good uh, you know lesson to learn though about the weather. Uh, keep an eye on anyone that's playing in the Northeast, anyone that's not playing in a dome. Just kind of the the state of the game. Um, I really feel like, and, and this may be anecdotal, Eric, and, and you you know may have a little bit more insight into this, but wind is certainly the number one factor to watch out for. I mean, we saw it last year with uh, with the Browns just like refusing to throw the ball for like three weeks as they were dealing with some pretty nasty winds. Um, how, how does rain or snow, uh, absent of wind, you know, kind of affect games? Is there anything that we should be looking out for if we know that it's going to be a snowy field uh, or a rainy day if the winds aren't also, you know, a factor? 
yeah, you're right. It's definitely wind first. That's the highest priority to avoid. I'd actually put rain behind that if it's cold and rainy. Uh, that's just kind of miserable. Uh, the snow, like as long as it's not windy and it's not like, you know, negative five degrees. I mean, we've seen plenty of games in Green Bay with some snow where Aaron Rodgers is lighting it up. We, we've seen, you know, defenders falling down and leaving big touchdowns for the receivers. So snow's not as big of a deal as long as it's not just wickedly cold and the wind's not whipping through. So uh, yeah, I have cold just kind of makes for good television. So uh, I usually enjoy it when those are on, even for fantasy purposes. Yeah, you can really build up the tension of what's happening on the field if you can see the breath leaving Aaron Rodgers' mouth uh, before he snaps. So there's definitely some some TV aspects there for sure. But yeah, rain, rain definitely something to keep an eye on as well. Um, I think we've seen uh, time and time again, teams tend to throw the ball less in raining games um, and, and, you know, try to keep it on the ground more and really uh, play that ball security game. Uh, and then, you know, with this being the last week of the regular season, you know, our, our, I'm sure our listeners uh, are all over the place in terms of where they're at in the fantasy standing. I mean, honestly, probably most of our listeners have most of their teams all over the place in their fantasy standing. So, uh, you know, some people have already clinched a buy. Some people uh, might be fighting for the buy, but have clinched a playoff spot. Some people might be still fighting for that playoff spot altogether. Uh, what advice do you have for people who are able to look ahead to the fantasy playoffs, the people who have clinched a playoff spot, whether they've clinched the bye week or not? What, what advice do you have for them in terms of uh, just kind of where they should be, uh, you know, preparing? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, make sure you know the rules. Uh, is there a weekly high score where you get a little extra payout? Um, you know, is how many bye weeks are there or how many bye week teams are there? What spot do you need to get? Like, see what your chances are finishing a different position. So make sure you know all the rules first. That's obviously uh, important. But after that, I think just kind of decide how far ahead you can look. Like, you don't care about your defense this week if you're really just focused on, you know, week. 15 or week 16 you know it, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if you get third seed or fourth seed maybe so just really know how the seedings play out um I, I don't think it really matters like which team you play for the most part uh it's, it's all about getting that bye week so um try to use that to your advantage find a good defensive matchup for later on don't worry so much about this week and then uh, maybe try to look for some defenses you can start twice in the playoffs and also start picking up handcuffs uh now's the time of the year where you want like some ajp ryan if you have Joe Mixon or, you know, just make sure you have those slam dunk handcuffs so you really know if your player gets hurt, um, they're going to get some action. Maybe even other teams' handcuffs. It, it kind of doesn't matter a ton. Just uh, if you're not going to be in action for a couple weeks, maybe just pick up some high upside handcuffs and see what happens by the time you're needing, uh, needing to play a game again. Let me let me ask you something. If you're in the position, let's say either you're in second or third place and uh, the buy is not clinched up. So you're in second and, and losing could put you at risk of losing the buy or in third. And if you win, you could be in play for the buy. Do you sell out to win this week uh, and make sure that you get that buy or uh, are you more content to you? Know, I'm not saying you're, you're intentionally losing this week or anything like that, but right. you're not going to focus as much on week 14 and you're going to be looking more ahead to week 15 or 16 with your with your uh, you know ads uh, as we head into the weekend. Yeah, I definitely sell out for the buy because I mean, that's going to cut you down from needing to win what uh, three games to two. Uh, this whole 18 week season throws me off, so I can't do the math anymore. But um, it's a, like a lot of these matchups are going to end up being coin flips in the playoffs between you and your opponent, even if you have a really good team. And it just eliminates one coin flip that you have to dodge. So I sell out for sure to get that bye week. It's it's one of the biggest advantages you can get in fantasy football. And then, hey, maybe you uh, your first week of the playoffs after the bye, the other team puts up 90 points, and all of a sudden you're like, you know, in the finals with not, you know, you don't even have to do that much. So um, yes, I definitely go for the bye week. Yeah, I, I would agree with that too. Plus, also, you go into the bye week in week 15, 
everyone else uh, that is adding and dropping players is focused on week 15 and you don't have to, cause you don't have an opponent. So you actually, you still get a, a week's head start on everyone else looking ahead of week 16. Uh, all right. But with all that said, we do need to focus on week 14 because I, there are many people out there who are still fighting for that playoff spot who still need a chance. And so uh, let's help them, you know, get the best chance they can uh, starting with uh, the best news uh, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams have both been placed on the COVID reserve list. You know, the, I don't think there could be a worse time uh, to either have a buy or to be placed on the COVID reserve list than week 14. So Jonathan Taylor and Keenan Allen, who I have on one of my rosters. Thank you so much. Really appreciate that. Uh, Allen did test positive. He is vaccinated. Uh, so technically he has a chance to play this weekend. We have not yet seen a single player test positive uh, who is vaccinated and then be eligible to play uh, that same week. So uh, this is highly unlikely that Keenan Allen plays. Uh, Mike Williams is unvaccinated. Um, he has not tested positive yet. He was deemed a close contact to Keenan Allen on Monday. Uh, so technically, if he tests negative every day for the rest of the week, including Sunday, he will be able to play on Sunday. So uh, I, I guess in a weird way, Mike Williams is probably more likely to play this weekend than Keenan Allen is. Uh, but I don't think we should expect either of them to play. Yeah, I, I put them down at the bottom of my rankings for now to wait and see. I would make sure you're making moves to replace them if needed. If you have some iffy Thursday night players, we'll get to that in a little bit. You may want to play them. But yeah, I mean, this was enough for me to bump like Justin Herbert down to QB8 for the week. He'd probably be more like four or five somewhere in there uh, if he had the full you know complement of weapons. And then um, it makes a couple of the backup receivers here mildly interesting. It's we're at the point of the season where it's going to be real hard for me to tell you to play Jalen Guyton or Joshua Palmer with your season on the line. So with a grain of salt here, but they're both kind of in the top 40 receiver range and um, they've been playing, you know, 30 to 50% of the snaps anyway. Uh, so they're going to see a huge increase. So probably more on like the DFS radar, but um, they are relatively talented players and they have a really good quarterback. So I uh, keep an eye on them. I don't know. I, I suppose you could have worse options than a, a high upside shot against the giants on one of these uh, pass catchers from Herbert. Yeah, I mean, you basically you mentioned it early on. If you have a Thursday night player uh, that you're iffy on, uh, but you know you're not sure in terms of of waiting it out for Keenan Allen or Mike Williams, I don't wait it out. Um, there's a very very small likely there's a very small chance that either of them play. Uh, where would Mike Williams, who I think has the better chance, where would he rank if we knew for a fact that he was going to be able to play on Sunday? Yeah, I should know this because I just dropped him down my rankings today. But um, no, he was pretty high up there. He's looked really good. Uh, he looked really good last week against the Bengals. They really tried to get him the ball. So, um, I mean, you look at like Brandon Ayuk, I have at 24. I'd put him ahead of him. Uh, okay. I think he's pretty squarely in the top 20, 25. Okay, sure, so definitely so, yeah. definitely startable. Uh, definitely yeah. startable, which, you know, with Mike Williams, the way his season has gone, there have been times where he he wasn't. So, uh, but definitely startable if he's healthy and able to play on Sunday. Uh, you know, the other people who could really stand to gain, you mentioned Jalen Guyton and Josh Palmer. Um, do we expect Jared Cook uh, or, or Donald Parham at all to be, you know, more of a factor in the passing game? Um, Cook is, you know, is kind of has been a hybrid tight end wide receiver for many teams over the years. I don't know if, if this uh, increases his likelihood of being useful at tight end. Yeah. I, and I thought about that when I was setting my lineups, I mean, cooks played last couple of weeks, like a little over 50% of the snaps. Um, Parham's been more like the 30% to 25% range. We could see more two tight end sets and see those go up quite a bit. I just don't, I've been kind of down on cook all year. I just think he's over the hill. I, think this offense is worse when they're going to their tight ends actually it seems like that's when they throw their interceptions and get balls batted up in the air and stuff so um, I have Jared Cook tight end 15 
Like it's above like Evan Ingram, Ricky Seals, Jones, Foster Moreau, but I, I'm not looking to start Jared Cook. Okay. And then finally, uh, you know, the other member of the Chargers who everyone is hoping to start this week is Austin Eckler, obviously um, one of the top running backs in fantasy football, but he was limited in practice today. Uh, I don't know if it's anything that we need to be too concerned about. Uh, and then, you know, with the law, you know, with no Keenan Allen, no Mike Williams, there's a good chance that teams are going to be able to kind of key in a little bit more on Austin Eckler. Um, do you have any concerns uh, about starting Eckler this week? No, he, I mean, I had him in an RB one before um, the news. It felt a little bit like default. Uh, I mean, he's been good, but it's not like he just had a monster week, but we just know how, how involved he's going to be in this offense. Giants are a good matchup. No worst case. This drops him a few spots, but he's still in the top five running backs for sure. Okay. And, and, you know, the giants uh, do have a good run defense, but uh, Eckler, sorry, is not uh, someone who relies solely on uh, his rushing attempts to generate value. So um, yeah. Uh, other than that, great news from the Chargers. There's more. There's actually some good news now. Uh, Alvin Kamara is expect, expected to play this weekend. Um, however, Mark Ingram was placed on the COVID reserve list. So if Ingram's been helping buoy you these past few weeks, unfortunately, uh, he won't be able to play. Uh, Alvin Kamara, though, is returning. Uh, how high does Alvin Kamara shoot up your running back rankings? Yeah, I've got him an RB8, and it's not that I don't have some questions with him getting the passing game work with Taysom Hill, but they play the Jets. Um, like, I don't know. The the running back position has been, without Jonathan Taylor playing this week, a few other people missing, it's kind of been hollowed out a little bit at the top, so he's still squarely in the top 10. I think ECR even has him at RB4, so I'm a little low on him. But, um, yeah, start Kamara with confidence. Okay, uh, cool. And, and, you know, I'm sorry if, if Mark Ingram was the one booing your season. I'd say it's tough because – you know, with with running backs like Ingram and Alexander Madison and, and these other guys that we pick up, AJ Dillon, um, it's always great when they are able to to help us. But we learn to count on them, and then you know the actual starting running back comes back and things get tough. As always, you know our our website will have every single player, every single fantasy relevant player uh, mentioned in our sit star article over at QBList.com. Um, we're going to talk about as many players as we can on this podcast, but we can't get to everyone. Uh, and then if you're having a tough decision, you know Eric also puts his rankings on the website as well, um, so you know can really help you with some of those more granular decisions. So um, with that said, Eric, while you were making your rankings, who were some of the players that? you know, you're, you're surprising yourself and saying that they're a, a start this week. Yeah. So first up is Jamichael hasty for the 49ers. Um, I've got him RB 24. So this is not like a slam dunk start, but Elijah Mitchell is now hurt with a knee injury and a concussion. Jeff Wilson had a knee flare up, which um, he had a major knee injury this off season. And uh, that's not good news. Um, they already have Trey Sermon on IR. It's just hasty and use check. And maybe Brian Hill, who they added, um, we'll see if he gets activated, but, uh, there's nobody other than Hasty here, really. Uh, the Bengals are banged up. Logan Wilson's out at linebacker. Um, their offense is banged up. So I, I think the 49ers are going to be able to commit to the run pretty well in this one. So I don't know. Hasty's not um, the most talented back in the league. He's kind of played a third down role this year. He doesn't have a lot of usage, but he just falls right into a huge workload here. And I just, unless they really lean on use check, I don't see any way around it. Well, and it's the other thing too, though, with San Francisco is it's not just use check. Um, you know, they've had a yeah. lot of different players get rushing attempts for them. Uh, Debo Samuel uh, gets work. I mean, he uh, obviously missed last week, but is I think uh, they're hoping he'll be able to play this weekend. Um, he's gotten a lot of work, uh, you know, rushing the ball. Even George Kittle has had a few carries. Um, so it, it, it's not just 
uh, Hasty and Juszczyk and it could be Brian Hill. Uh, but, uh, you know, with all of the different players that they use back there, is this a situation where, you know, for someone who's had such an up and down season, are you optimistic that Brandon Ayuk can be startable this week? Or um, is it a concern that we're you know going to see the Ayuk that we saw this past week, where it was, you know, under 10 uh, PPR points that we've seen many times throughout the season? Yeah, I mean, you're right. It, this all starts and stops with Debo Samuel, kind of running game and passing game. He's going to swing a lot of this. They're optimistic he's going to play. I'm being a little pessimistic because he didn't practice on Wednesday, so we'll see. Um, Ayuk, though, like I said earlier, um, wide receiver 24. Um, that's right around like the Van Jefferson, Jarvis Landry range. So I, I think he's got a decent floor lately. He's been putting up, you know, 6 to 12 points most weeks. Uh, closer to 12 most weeks. So I do think you can definitely start them. We just haven't seen that huge upside. Kittle's taken it most weeks or the running game. So I'm not sure if this is a week he blows up necessarily, uh, but I think you can pencil him in for, you know, 10 plus PPR points and hope for a touchdown basically. All right. And then, you know, Hasty is the probably third person on the depth chart right now at running back with Sermon and, and Mostert, you know, both on IR. Uh, if, you know, Eli Mitchell and, and Jeff Wilson have not been ruled out this week. Uh, Mitchell's in the concussion protocol. He could clear that at any point. Um, Jeff Wilson uh, was limited in Wednesday's practice with his knee flare up. Um, you know, he uh, could very well play this weekend. If so, it should be pretty simple, but let's do a little flow chart. If Elijah Mitchell's healthy, we're starting Elijah Mitchell. Yeah. If Mitchell's out and Wilson is healthy, but, you know, only limited all week long, is either Wilson or Hasty interesting? Uh, if they're kind of both uh, available for the 49ers. So I've kind of been down on uh, Wilson regardless. So I don't want to play him, especially with a knee flare up. So if I had to start one of them, it would still be hasty. But I, I think I, yeah, if Wilson's out there, I don't think we can start hasty unless it's like a desperation flex, flex play basically. So. Yeah, so this is, and I assume, I mean, if Debo's healthy, even though he does, I mean, he's had 25 carries this year. It's, it's only six fewer than Jeff Wilson. Uh, if Debo's healthy, it's not going to cut into Hasty's work to the point that, you know, he suddenly becomes a sit. So uh, it basically comes down to, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Mitchell has to be out, obviously. Wilson yeah. kind of needs to be out, and Debo, it really doesn't matter, as far as Hasty being startable. Yeah, I mean, I might bump him down a couple spots, but I think he's still in that back-end RB2 flex range, even if Debo's out there. So, yeah, I would agree. And I, I don't know if they want to run Debo, you know, eight times if he's coming off an injury either. I, I'm not sure exactly how they'll use him. But, yeah, yeah. I, I do think Jeff Wilson's the big one. Yeah, and and I mean, I think that's Debo's max this year on rushing attempts is, is eight. So it's not – I mean, even even if he's healthy, it's not like he's going to become the RB1 from a volume perspective. Hasty will still get, you know, double-digit carries. Um, cause that's what the 49ers do. Uh, all right. Who else, uh, are you surprisingly starting this week? Yeah, I'll save a lot of this one for the Thursday night matchup. Um, well, actually all of it, but KJ Osborne, uh, with Adam Thielen hurt. I, I like starting Osborne this week and I've got him, uh, probably a little too high, but I've got him wide receiver 26. So let's go KJ Osborne. All right. And he's also the most added wide receiver on Yahoo this week. So there's a lot of people out there, uh, that agree with you in terms of being uh, excited about starting KJ Osborne. Um, I think he was actually the second or third most added player period. Um, uh, the only other ones around him were defenses. So, you know, KJ Osborne, most added skill player uh, on Yahoo this week. Uh, all right. Who are you going to be sitting this week that you think people out there uh, might want to be starting? Yeah, and uh, sitting Deontay Foreman against the Jaguars could certainly burn me, but I'm trying not to just pick the slam dunk sits here. Uh, Foreman had a 100-yard game last week, although oh, in Week 12, the last time they played. A lot of that was on one big run, though, against the Patriots. Um, he had a 50% snap share. That's fine. 
Um, obviously, a matchup against the Jaguars is good. They're not like the worst team in the league, though, against uh, running backs. They've given up the 12th most PPR points to running backs. So um, I don't really trust the Titans offense a ton. And they get Jeremy McNichols back, most likely. He's back from his concussion practicing. So now it's Foreman, McNichols, Hilliard. I just worry a little too much as a three-way split. And uh, you still could get a touchdown here and be bailed out against the Jags for sure. But I'd, I'd look elsewhere than Deontay Foreman if possible. Okay. Um, yeah, there's a lot of people who are probably going to be starting him this week because he was added in 77,000 leagues on Yahoo. So uh, good, good chance a lot of people picked him up hoping to start him in a, in a you know must-win situation here. Uh and then what about uh, anyone else that you're you're sitting? Yeah, I'm going to say Brandon Cooks. Um, like, I don't know. He's still wide receiver 29, so it's it's not like you can't play him. Uh, but six or fewer targets in his last three weeks. And in the six games with Davis Mills, he topped seven targets just twice. So I think we remember some of those big double-digit target performances from early in the year. It's kind of dried up some. And I just – I don't trust Davis Mills, a quarterback. And Seattle's actually in the lower half of teams in the league giving up PPR points to wide receivers. So – they're not the best matchup in the world. So I'm looking elsewhere for uh, receivers other than Brandon Cooks. Yeah. And here's, I mean, here's the wild thing about Cooks too, is that he, he's actually one of those very volume dependent wide receivers. It's yeah. weird because uh, I feel like wide receiver has much more of that big playability um, at any moment. You know, a guy can, can just get one of those really deep passes or something like that. But uh, you know, other than, other than like the Hunter Renfro's of the world. Um, but Brandon Cooks is someone who very much relies on that volume um, he has only scored double digit PPR points in two weeks that he has not gotten at least 10 targets. Um, and one of those weeks he scored a touchdown. So it's just one of those things that if he is going to score double digit in PPR, uh, he kind of needs to get double digit targets, uh, in order to do so. That's kind of wild. Cause, uh, he, he used to be a big play threat. He still is, but I guess it helps to have a quarterback that can get the ball downfield, huh? Yeah, I mean, and, and it's Houston's. I they just they need Brandon Cooks to be so much more than just hey, run in a straight line yeah. for as far as like they need him to be so much more than that, and uh, so that kind of makes him a little bit more volume dependent, uh, especially when you have an offense that can't move the ball. I I don't think by any other means, not on the ground, not through the air to literally any other player. Uh, so yeah, you got it. Cooks kind of needs to be the whole offense there, and it's it's a little much to ask for him at this point of the year. Um, that hurts because I kind of want to start him in a league, and uh, I'm gonna have to. I need to figure something out there. Uh, all right, Thursday night football this week. Uh, I don't know how I feel about this game. It's like we've had worse games, but it's also I mean, we've had better games. Um, but hey, you know Pittsburgh, Minnesota, very watchable game on a Thursday night. Uh, even if it is uh, most of Minnesota's backups as Dalvin Cook. He did get in a limited practice. Um, he's not expected to play Thursday. They're talking about his week 15 status. Uh, so, you know, if they're not even talking about his week 14 status, it probably won't play. But uh, if you if you have Alexander Madison, you probably should have a backup plan in place in case Cook does play. Because the Vikings, they don't really – they don't split carries pretty much ever. Um, either Cook's playing and he's getting the full load or Madison's playing and he's getting the full load. Yeah. For sure. Um, I would expect Madison here on a short week. It just makes a ton of sense. And after losing to the the Lions last week, I'm not sure. It might be time to just pack it in for Dalvin Cook and uh, make sure he's healthy for next year. So I would have an emergency option, but I'm expecting Madison to play and get the full workload. And Pittsburgh, you know, they haven't been that same defense against the run they used to be, uh, giving up the 13th most points to PPR running backs, which is right around the Jaguars. So it's like, you know, they're not they're not that lockdown defense. So Madison's a really, really good play this week. Yeah. And uh, Adam Thielen is confirmed to be out. Uh, he will miss Thursday's game, uh, which makes KJ Osborne next man up. So Eric, you teased a little bit earlier. Why are we starting KJ Osborne this week? 
Yeah, so I mean, with Adam Thielen went out early last week, and Osborne got ninety-two percent of the snaps, um, which is just a huge number. He was out there just as much as Justin Jefferson was, and we saw him as the wide receiver three earlier this year. Uh, just kind of having some consistency. It fell off as the year went on. They started using uh, Conklin more tight end and just running the ball. But um, he had a nice little string to start the year of some nine, six target games, seven target games. So um, last week he goes four for 47 on seven targets and a touchdown. And that's in a week where they hadn't really planned, you know, to use them. They didn't think they were going to lose Thielen that early. So I don't know. I just like him in this matchup. Like I said, the Steelers defense is not what it used to be. Um, they are in probably around like top 10, uh, giving up fantasy points to receivers. So I just think it's a nice matchup. And then we mentioned about the weather. Um, it's in a dome. I do think these points, will, uh, these teams will put some points on the board. So I just, I see a kind of borderline shootout here in a, in a dome. And I, I think you could do a lot worse than KJ Osborne here. Yeah. I mean, uh, for a Thursday night, you have to make the decision early. Um, so obviously for any team, I think, I think Osborne is a slam dunk start for any team that isn't sure uh, if you have a full slate of healthy wide receivers heading into the week, um, you know, if you've got like a T Higgins or a Debo Samuel who didn't practice on Wednesday, um, you know, I would rather start start Osborne and get those points for sure um, and then figure out what to do if Higgins or Samuel are are good to go. Um, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't, you know, especially if you have Allen, Keenan Allen or Mike Williams. Yes, play Osborne. Um, no questions asked. So. Uh, I think it just is a very safe, very reliable option here on a, on a Thursday night when this is, I think, more so than than most weeks, it really feels like there's a lot of uncertainty right now. Um, yeah. So, you know, short of getting some some really good, you know, if you get some like glowing news about Debo Samuel tomorrow um, or something like that, then maybe uh, you think about, you know, benching Osborne for him. But I I don't know. I mean, even if Samuel's like, say, a full participant tomorrow at practice, I'm not I'm not positive that I wouldn't still start KJ Osborne. Yeah, and as always, it depends on your waivers. I mean, if, you know, Russell Gage is sitting on your waivers, then sure, uh, roll the dice on Debo and you can pick him up if you need to. But if you're in a, a typical deep league, uh, yeah, I think you just take the points this week. All right. Uh, and then on the Pittsburgh side of the ball, uh, Chase Claypool practiced in full on Tuesday. Um, he's been dealing with turf toe for like a month now. Um, so, I, you know, there was some news uh, about him not practicing on Monday. Um, that's because the Steelers didn't hold practice, but then it just said, oh, Claypool wouldn't have practiced if we did. So I don't know. I don't know what to make of that. But Chase Claypool did practice in full on Tuesday. Um, is he someone that we can rely on after a pretty uh, a pretty, pretty meek week against uh, Baltimore? Yeah, so we weren't quite sure what happened last week. I mean, he's you know he's been nursing that injury, but he only played 63% of the snaps. Uh, the week, two weeks before that, it was more like, uh, you know, 90% of the snaps. So it was a pretty big departure. Um, so it's good to see him get that, that practice in already early in the week. So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, as bad as Roethlisberger's looked this year, I think he has looked a little better lately. And I still really buy into the talent here with Chase Claypool. Uh, he's just, a, he makes plays. I mean, he's got, you know, 50 or more yards receiving over the last three weeks. And that's with like a two catch game, a three catch game, a five catch game. Like he can make it happen on on small amount of reception. So even when Roethlisberger's a little scattershot, uh, he puts up some points. So um, yeah, again, it's, I think it's going to be a high scoring game and I like it being in a dome. I like the matchup and uh, I'm, I'm more than happy to roll Claypool out there. So he's in the wide receiver twenties for me. I, I think he could do a lot worse. All right. And then, you know, should go without saying, start Justin Jefferson, start Deontay Johnson, start Najee Harris. Uh, all those guys are, are definite starts. Uh, Kirk Cousins uh, has been pretty much the top 12 quarterback all year long. So uh, you can still start Kirk Cousins. Um, if Ben Roethlisberger is your best quarterback, good luck. So sorry about that. 
Um, and then uh, on the tight end, you know, Pat Fryermuth has been uh, a revelation here at the end of the year. Tyler Conklin has been uh, sort of, you know, on and off the the waiver radar. Uh, you know, where are you on those two guys? Are they both startable this week? Oh, yeah. Fryermuth's tight end seven for me. I, I think he's locked in as a weekly starter. He's got a nice red zone role. I know it's been a little down lately, but um, I still I still like him as far as tight ends go. And then, uh, yeah, I, I do think Conklin's a really nice play this week. I've got him at tight end nine. And last week with Thielen out, nine targets, seven receptions, 56 yards. Uh, we have seen multiple 10-plus point weeks from him. He hasn't had the highest ceiling in the world, but I think at this point in the year, uh, if you can get between eight and 12 points from your tight end, if you don't have one of those top options, uh, you should probably take it. So I like playing uh, Conklin this week as well. Yeah, Fryermuth has found the end zone, uh, I think, three of the last four weeks. And I you know, say it that way because last week it was a two-point conversion, um, which should totally count for a full touchdown. It's, it's the same thing. It's the same. It's a it's a touchdown. <laughs> right. Uh, but uh, uh, And Conklin is still available in 55% of Yahoo League. So if you're hurting at tight end, um, Conklin's definitely a, a good option. You know, if you have Darren Waller, for example, um, who did not practice, uh, then, you know, Conklin's a good, a good fill-in here. Uh, so... You know, speaking of, you know, filling in and, and finding someone, you know, if Ben Roethlisberger is your quarterback and Darren Wall is your tight end, you might need to find some streamers. So, uh, Eric, who are your favorite streamers this week? Uh, as Ryan, you know, he didn't even do the research and send us in his list. You know, I made you do it. Uh, who are your favorite quarterback, tight end and defense streamers this week? Yeah, so favorite streamer, I, I think it's a pretty easy one. It's Taysom Hill. He's still only 43% rostered. I know the mount finger injury is a concern, uh, so it does lower his floor a little bit, but um, he's playing the Jets, and we saw him throw four interceptions last week and be the QB4. So I don't know. Between the Jets and his rushing ability, I think he's a pretty easy streamer. Um, after him, you're looking at maybe someone like Cam Newton, who I know his matchup against the Falcons looks really good, but... That team is a mess right now. They fired their offensive coordinator. He had a horrible performance last week. So I, I think Hill's the pretty clear uh, streamer this week. Uh, yeah, Taysom Hill. I mean, you know, it, when you have that rushing ability, it really changes everything. And, and the Jets are the Jets. Uh, does Alvin Kamara, I mean, this is the same conversation we had last year with Kamara and Hill, where we were saying, you know, Hill was affecting Kamara's value. I'm going to ask you in reverse this time. Does Kamara being here affect Hill's value? Uh, you know, and maybe lower his ceiling as a rusher. You know, I I don't think so. Hill was really good last year with Kamara when he started. Um, they still found plenty of reason to run the ball. So if anything, Kamara should just help him, you know, move the chains. So no, I don't think so. And with the hurt finger against the Jets, hey, maybe they just, maybe it's a Patriots approach here. Maybe they throw the ball five <laughs> times and it's just all running. So uh, no, I think if anything, it just makes the offense a little more explosive. Yeah, I mean, you know, last year they had Michael Thomas. Obviously, no Michael Thomas this time around. Deontay Harris is uh, suspended for the next three games, so no Deontay Harris. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's just fewer uh, options there in New Orleans, uh, you know, unless uh, Hill throws it to Camaro, which he totally should do because that's a good way for them to run their offense. Yeah. Uh, all right, uh, what about at tight end? Uh, who's your streamer this week? Yeah, uh, if you missed the Thursday night section, it's Tyler Conklin, so go there for the analysis, but 44% rostered. Uh, nine targets last week without Thielen. So happy to play Conklin this week. Awesome. Uh, and then a defense, uh, who are you going to be uh, picking up to stream in case you missed the boat on? Uh, there were a lot of defenses that were very highly added this week and uh, are no longer, uh, you know, fall under our 50% threshold. For example, 
uh, Green Bay is now 83% rostered despite coming into the week 30% rostered on Yahoo. So if you miss the boat on one of these uh, top defenses that everyone picked up, who should you be going after? Yeah, I'll go with uh, Seattle, 39% rostered against the Texans. Um, again, I, I, they're starting Davis Mills, not a big fan of his. They're running Rex Burkhead 20 times a game, just not an explosive offense. So Seattle's kind of right the ship a little bit. I know they're not real trustworthy, but the defense hasn't been awful. Um, the offense is picking it up a little bit. So we just need them to get a lead and get some turnovers on Houston trying to play catch up. So I like Seattle this week. And let me let me just ask you, because there were six different defenses that were among the most added, uh, added over 150,000 times on Yahoo. So there's a good chance that some of these defenses, even though that they're now, um, for example, Tennessee uh, is now 67 percent roster, doesn't you know fit our streaming guidelines. But there's a good chance, you know, they were available in your league starting the week. They might still be available. Um, do any of the following defenses rank above Seattle for you? Um, Green Bay, Tennessee. Denver, the Chargers, or the Saints? Any of those five defenses rank above Seattle for you? Um, I actually have all of them above Seattle other than the Packers, which I'm surprised they're ranked so high. I know they're playing the Bears, and Justin Fields gets sacked a lot. But I've I got the Packers seven, but all of these teams are in my top seven defenses this week. I mean, those those teams you listed play against the Jets, the Giants, the Lions, the Jaguars, and the Texans. So start any of them. I'm, I'm happy to play any of them. So I'm, I'm lower on the Packers, but uh, maybe I'm too low because they are like ranked super high this week uh, from everyone else. So I, ju- I just, I do think Fields has a little bit more talent than like, you know, Jake Fromm or, uh, you know, Jared Goff. So that's kind of why I ranked a little lower. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the weird thing is some, some weeks there's only like one defense, maybe two that are streamable this week. There's six legitimate streaming options. Um, you might've missed the boat. Uh, Green Bay and Denver are both above 77% rostered, but Tennessee, uh, the Chargers, and the Saints are all below 70% rostered, and then Seattle clocks in right now at 40, 40%. So um, good chance, great chance, that at least one of those defenses is, is available in your leagues. And um, if I'm hearing you correctly, Eric, all six of those defenses I just mentioned rank in your top seven um, at defense this week or top eight and defense this week. So they're all startable. Um, so if, if you don't, <laughs> you, you will be able to get a defense this week. Uh, so there you go. Uh, and, you know, come Sunday morning when everything goes haywire and everything has changed <laughs> between now and then and, and all of those defenses are gone and, and you didn't do any uh, work on your lineup before then. Um, well, guess what? It's OK. You can head on over to the Discord and come talk to us personally and show us your lineups and ask us what we, you know, what you should do and and how you should set your lineup for the week. So uh, head on over to pitcherlist.com slash plus to join uh, the PL Plus uh, Discord, and that'll get you access to our fantasy football section as well, QB list section, um, where all of our staffers, including Ryan, will be available <laughs> to help you uh, with your uh, you know lineup decisions. Um, also, uh, mm-hmm. just to point out real quick, uh, you know, uh, my my mom loves her QB list shirt. Like seriously, she wears it every single Sunday. Like I've seen her a few Sundays since our QB list shirts uh, went live and she's worn it every single time. Um, so just a shout out to our merch team. Uh, do a great, great stuff on QB list.com. You can click on store at the top. We've got a lot of really cool merch. Um, and if if you listen to this and, and you feel, you know, you don't like fantasy football this year, it's being really, you know, dumb. You don't, you, it's really frustrating you. Your lineup's just not going the way you wanted. You drafted Calvin Ridley uh, and, and uh, other people who I can't remember it early on. Uh, well, guess what? If you go to the picture list store, you can buy yourself a shirt that says fantasy football is stupid. And, yep. uh, you know, Nick Pollock will agree with you. <laughs> 
Nick is uh, much better at fantasy football than he lets on. I, I don't want to talk about his performance in the uh, in the staff league this year. He, he kind of got grandfathered into the QB list staff league. So uh, let's just say I'm hoping to knock him off in the playoffs. Yeah, you don't have to talk about it because he does plenty. Uh, <laughs> and then just a reminder for the rest of our podcast, all of our sit-start recommendations are for 12-team PPR leagues. That's also the case for our, our article, our sit-start article. Um, so just keep that in mind. That is the lens at which we're looking through this. Uh, so again, if you've got a weird, funky league with you know different settings or different team numbers or anything like that, um, you're in a guillotine league, so you're down to like five teams now. Guess what? Uh, head on into the Discord. We can help you with whatever situation you're dealing with. So without further ado, uh, let's talk about positions. Let's talk about running backs. And uh, there's a lot of injury news. Big, big injury Wednesday. Um, we're going to try and, and kind of uh, get through this stuff as, as quick as we can. Um, Elijah Mitchell still in the concussion protocol. We talked a lot about this already up at the top of the show. Um, as uh, Eric has listed Jermichael Hasty as one of his surprising starts. So we pretty much went through everything 49ers there. Uh, James Robinson was limited in practice with the same heel knee injury designations that he's had for weeks now. We had a kind of a weird week this past week. Um, James Robinson, even uh, in, in one of his uh, media um, uh, appearances this week was talking about how Carlos Hyde was asking for a breather and they didn't put Robinson in anyway. Uh, but then they did put Robinson in like at the end of the game uh, when the, every, there was no reason for him to be in there. So uh, a lot of weird stuff happening in Jacksonville. Actually, I just remembered also urban Meyer admitted that it wasn't the smartest idea to put Robinson in at the end of the games. So I don't who Eric, what is, what is happening in Jacksonville and how are we still talking about urban Meyer? <laughs> it's, <laughs> There's been so much going on in the league. We've just forgotten about Urban Meyer. I, I think that's all there is to it. So I'm hoping they just don't want to fire him midseason and they're waiting to the offseason because I still have a lot of hope for Trevor Lawrence. But um, yeah, it, it's it's hard to know what's going on there. And James Robinson, I mean, he's had injuries. It's He got benched maybe for fumbling last week too. It's been kind of mysterious with him. But uh, like week 11, he had 63% of the snaps. Um, and it's been lower than that recently. Like you go back to all of his like 70% snap shares. It was all before week 11. So some of it's injury related. Some of it's, you know, fumble related for some reason. I don't know why he hasn't earned more than that, but uh, it is a concern with Robinson and just with how unpredictable Urban Meyer is. I, I'm not sure. Uh, he, he definitely lowers in the ranks as he was a, a few weeks ago. Are you, are you starting James Robinson this week? I mean, it is Tennessee, but I mean, just eight carries this past week, you know, 12 carries in, in, both week 10 and week 11. So, I mean, are you, are you going to still start James Robinson? Tennessee's D has been pretty good this year. Um, I think the health, I'm, I'm still going to assume that if he's healthy, he's going to get a decent snap share, but I do have him lowered down to RB 19. I just, I'm not sure the ceiling is there. It's a poor offense. It, it's he's more in the like Saquon Barkley, which is another bummer to say, but he's more <laughs> in like the Saquon Barkley, Jamal Williams, uh, range of running backs. Um, I just don't trust, you know, the touchdowns and his usage. So it's, it's, it should be better than this, but we kind of have to face facts at this point. Yeah. Uh, facing facts. That, that's the worst. No one wants to do that. <laughs> no. uh, David Montgomery did not practice on Wednesday with uh, apparently a uh, shoulder groin and glute injuries. <laughs> um, I guess he suffered those from carrying the team this past week. Uh, you know, what, do, what do we make of this? Is this, is this real? Do we think David Montgomery, actually, there's a chance he doesn't play? And then if so, where are you ranking Khalil Herbert? Um, that's a good question. So just the fact that they list all of these injuries makes me think it's just kind of uh, week 14 banged up running back kind of thing. I mean, I 
I don't know, it'd be a, a pretty bad week if he injured all those body parts in the same <laughs> week. So um, that's kind of what I'm banking on here. Um, he's seeing like 70% of more of the snaps the last three weeks. So um, I was impressed. I mean, he was RB2 last week against the, the Cardinals. Really good defense at eight receptions, um, 21 carries. So that usage just kind of by default got him up to RB11 this week. Um, if the injury stuff's real, I I, I mean, I think Herbert's just about the same. If, if Montgomery was out, they've used Herbert like crazy. So I think he goes right up into that RB 15 to 10 range. I just, if one of them is out, the other one is getting used like crazy. So start him. Yeah, it's kind of like a, like a mini uh, Minnesota situation. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Khalil Herbert, very startable. If David Montgomery is not, uh, if David Montgomery is going, start David Montgomery. Uh, DeAndre Swift still not practicing. I uh, likely won't be playing this weekend. Uh, so, you know, Jamal Williams still a kind of RB2. But, uh, you know, since it is coming up and apparently, you know, maybe there's a chance DeAndre Swift plays. If he is surprisingly active on Sunday, will you start DeAndre Swift? Uh, or would you be concerned about uh, usage and re-injury with how, how much Detroit loves Jamal Williams? I would start him. I, I just, I don't think there's any reason for them to rush him back. So they got their win. Um, the season's over other than that. So I, if he's out there, I expect him to get the workload. And I mean, actually kind of surprised Jamal Williams only played 47% of the snaps last week. So um, I, they do like Swift more. They'll play him. If, if he's active, I'm starting him. If I remember correctly, uh, Detroit winning last week actually means that they have not yet been eliminated from playoff contention. So... <laughs> there's a chance they might want to rush swift back for that chance i mean dan, dan campbell believes that's for sure so dan, uh, dan campbell definitely believes even if they are mathematically eliminated you can't tell me dan campbell still doesn't believe uh that that's a coach that absolutely needs to remain if if in, if come the offseason dan campbell is fired and urban Meyer sticks around then i am going i'm not going to be an nfl fan anymore uh <laughs> we're going to start doing this podcast on the canadian football league uh right. alex collins returned to practice uh what, what do we do in seattle yeah, I, I don't like any of them. I haven't really liked them for a few weeks. Now we've got Adrian Peterson getting snaps. Um, the highest I have any of them ranked is 36 because, I mean, they've been using Collins, Peterson, uh, Penny, um, Homer, I believe they've been using. Mm -hmm. uh, there's just yeah. a whole list of them, Travis Homer. So, no, it, I mean, it's against Houston, so there's some potential, but I just think you're taking too big of a risk starting any of them. If you knew one of them was getting 60% of the snaps, then go for it. But uh, the running game hasn't been very good anyway. All right. Uh, Tony Pollard did not practice on Wednesday with a foot injury. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, again, we're getting all kinds of mixed reports on the state of his knee and, and whether he's feeling good or not good or whatever. Every time I look, turn around, there's a different piece of news out on him. Uh, the Cowboys also don't know what to make of it all. They signed Ito Smith. So <laughs> that's a that's a player uh, that could get carries for the Cowboys. Uh, Tony Pollard, are you starting him this week uh, if he's healthy? I mean, the usage for all the, you know, the talk around uh, Zeke's health, I mean, it's been pretty similar. It's kind of that 60-40 split we kind of know here. So Pollard's like an RB26 for me. Um, you know, it's it, same thing as always. He could break some big plays. He had 71 yards on just seven carries last week and got a touchdown. Uh, I don't mind playing him. But if you have someone like Jamichael Hasty and things fall right, uh, I think it might be worth going that route. Okay. Uh, J.D. McKissick still has not cleared the concussion protocol. He did not practice on Wednesday, despite early reports that he did. Uh, he did not practice on Wednesday. Um, if you have Antonio Gibson or J.D. McKissick, what do you make of this news? Yeah, I already adjusted my rankings because I thought that McKissick uh, played or practiced. So um, it, it jumped Gibson down about, 
I think about four spots to RB12, but I still think uh, he's really looked good the last few weeks, and they've got a ball control run-heavy style that is working for them. I mean, he's got 20-plus points in three of the last four weeks, Gibson does. So you're starting Gibson regardless. Um, I think McKissick could be kind of um, RB30 range, uh, maybe a little higher. He's going to get you those PPR points, but nothing spectacular. Yeah, so the the ball control thing, it works when you play teams like Carolina and Seattle and the Raiders, who all don't have great offenses. But there's a good chance that they're going to be playing from behind um, this week. Uh, Keep in mind, so Gibson has had 19 or more carries in each of their last four games, uh, all four of which have been wins for Washington. So they've had the lead. Uh, you know, for at least some some amount of time of the game. Um, the two, the four games prior to that were all losses. Uh, and Gibson had eight, 14, 10, and then 20 carries against uh, New Orleans back in week five. So uh, if JD McKissick is healthy, you know, we have to consider that he is the the running back they like to have out there on, on passing downs on, on in two minute drills. Um, are, are you, you know, is there any concern about their usage? Because Let's be real. Dallas is going to win this game, right? So, so as a Cowboys fan, I think you're a little overconfident here. Look at these last four games. They've beat Tampa Bay somehow, uh, Carolina, Seattle, and Las Vegas. So who, who doesn't man. beat Las Vegas? I mean, yeah, come on. That's fair. Uh, we did. I, it doesn't, they're one of those teams. It doesn't look good. I don't see why they're winning. Um, I expect it to end, but it's working mm-hmm. right now. So I don't know. They might be able to make this an ugly game and stick around for three quarters, but. Uh, it is a concern. Um, you know, I don't know. He, he does have some good passing game work without McKissick. Maybe McKissick's a little limited. I, I hope they're going to give Gibson um, more carries, more receptions, and try to make the playoffs here. Okay. Uh, Melvin Gordon returned to practice on Wednesday. Uh, obviously, in his absence, Javante Williams had himself a week. He was one of the best running backs in fantasy football last week. Uh, and with Melvin Gordon back, does that just return them both to being like mid-20s kind of fine running backs? Or do you think Denver's seen the light? I'm hoping they've seen the light. Um, and they're also playing Detroit, which helps. So I've still got, I mean, I had Javante Williams like RB five when I thought Gordon wasn't playing. Um, I've still got him at RB nine right now. Uh, he was RB one last week without Gordon um, week before against the chargers. He was RB eight. Um, he did, you know, he gets a touchdown. So that obviously without the touchdown, he's uh, only scores about 14 points, but um, no, I don't know if, if Gordon's even just limited a little bit during the game or they've seen the light, then I think, Javante has a chance to just blow up here. So I just, when I came down to it, I was like, can I really sit? Like, say you were deciding between Josh Jacobs and Javante Williams. Are you really going to sit Javante Williams after last week against the Lions? Like, I just don't think I could live with myself. So I'm a little bit riding the hot hand here, but he looked really good. And he's not like one of those flashy rookies that like is just big plays and um, just fast. Like he's just a bruiser between the tackles. And I would expect them, another team that's still in the playoff hunt somehow, um, they should be giving Javante more carries here. Yeah, I mean, Javante has really been been putting in the work this year. Uh, you know, you don't typically see rookies uh, that aren't workhorse rookies. You know, the Jonathan Taylors who come in and, and are going to just, you know, be workhorses from day one. Um, you don't typically see them getting double-digit carries uh, week in and week out. And Javante has been doing that all year long. Um, and even the weeks that he didn't, you know, hit that arbitrary 10 number, uh, he's had eight carries, nine carries, eight carries, seven carries. So he's still getting quite a bit of work. So this isn't, you know, a change of pace rookie. This isn't someone who's, um, you know, been on uh, the wrong side of a, of a timeshare. I mean, they've, they've used him just about as much as they've, as they've used Melvin Gordon. So it says a lot about him. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yeah. I, I, I see. He's I see in the passing game too. So, uh, and he had six catches, 76 yards and touchdown last week. And he's been pretty involved all year in the passing game. So he's, he's done everything he can to get more work here. 
Okay. Well, from one good crowded backfield, let's go to a bad crowded backfield. Tevin Coleman didn't practice. He's still mm-hmm. in the concussion protocol. Do you start any Jets running back this week? Man, I really want to believe in Ty Johnson, but Saints matchup isn't great. Um, I've got him at RB27, so that's like one spot behind Tony Pollard. Um, I, you know, I have some hope for him. I think he's a talented player, but it's probably the upside's not real great here. Okay. And then the most added running backs this week uh, in Yahoo, uh, Michael Hasty was the most added. Uh, he's a start if Mitchell and Wilson are both out. Uh, you can go to the surprising start section for more on him. Um, then Dontrell Hilliard and Deontay Foreman in Tennessee. Um, De- you're out on Deontay Foreman. Does that, you're just out on anyone in the Tennessee running game? Uh, is there anyone that, you, that you'd want to start here? Yeah, it's just with the playoffs maybe on the line, depending on your team. It's I just don't know how this three-way split's going to go here. So that's my concern. I don't know who to pick. Um, I would assume that Jeremy McNichols and Hilliard are the passing down backs and that McNichols has been around longer. So I, I think he's above Hilliard, I would think. Um, so I have Foreman above them. So he would be my most likely to play. But I just, I'd rather go a different way this week, even though it's against the Jaguars. Okay. Uh, and then the Panthers running backs, Chuba Hubbard and Amir Abdullah were the next uh, uh, most added running backs with, you know, Christian McCaffrey done for the year. Uh, we saw what uh, Chuba could do, uh, you know, without, you know, when he was the lead back and they're playing against Atlanta, who's pretty pitiful defensively uh, is, is Hubbard and Abdullah. Are they startable? Um, so I think it's going to be a closer split than most people do. Um, I still have Hubbard about RB25, just because, like you said, Atlanta's a good matchup. He, he could have a good shot at a touchdown. But um, Abdullah saw the most work last week. He did come in when they were losing. Um, I, I guess week 12. I think they had a bye last week. Um, but he's going to be the passing game back, and that offense is kind of falling apart. They may need to throw the ball to a running back. So um, Abdullah, I actually have uh, higher than consensus. I've got him at RB32. I wouldn't be surprised to see him catch five or six balls and uh, pay off a little bit here. So I think it's closer than it was before McCaffrey came back. So Hubbard's no longer that like, you know, top 15 running back. Okay. Uh, and then, you know, you've got a few players that you've ranked, uh, you know, pretty differently from expert consensus ranking. Some of them doesn't matter. Like you've got Cordero Patterson, eight spots lower than ECR, but you saw him in your top 15. So uh, play Cordero Patterson, obviously, because that's what we all expected we'd be saying before the season started. <laughs> um, but the real interesting one, I think for me is uh, the Rams uh, running back situation, because, uh, you know, Fantasy Pro's expert consensus has him kind of at that borderline RB2. Like, there's a chance that you, you're not starting him, depending on who you have on your roster. You've got him at RB16, which is, you know, pretty much close to must-start territory. Most teams don't have two running backs, you know, in the, in the top 15. Um, and then you're a little bit lower on Sony Michelle than they are. So after the week that Sony Michelle just had against Jacksonville, uh, Daryl Henderson coming back from injury, uh, why are you so optimistic on starting Henderson uh, and, and not, you know, being a little bit more of a, a you know, split down the middle between the two? Yeah, I mean, so Henderson was active last week against the Jaguars, who they had to have assumed they were going to blow out. I know Henderson did not play, but he was the emergency option. I'm not sure if he wasn't that close. I don't know why he was the emergency option last week. Um, the Rams are West Coast, so we I don't think we've heard any practice reports from today. We're always behind on their news. But uh, I, I think if he plays, he goes back to being the lead back. I know Michelle uh, played really well for us fantasy players. Um, he had a good game. Uh, but, you know, 24 carries, 121 yards against the Jaguars. Like, I think if you gave Daryl Henderson 24 carries against the Jaguars, he'd do just fine. So I don't see Michelle having stolen this backfield. Maybe he eats into the work more. Um, but I just – I don't know. I, I think Henderson's still a good player. And then you look behind him in the rankings. I mean, 
Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Um, he's mixing in with Darrell Williams, Saquon Barkley, James Robinson, Jamal Williams. Like it's kind of the end of the tier for me. So uh, there's only so much farther I can lower him. So obviously he's got to be healthy, but I would feel pretty confident playing Henderson. Yeah, as of as of recording, it's uh, 545 on the West Coast and there's nothing on uh, uh, Roto World or uh, whatever Roto World's called now and uh, Twitter about Daryl Henderson. So, uh, you know, no news as of right now, but definitely something to monitor there. Uh, all right. Uh, wide receivers. Um, oh, boy. OK, uh, so the following wide receivers did not practice uh, on Wednesday. Um, and, and just let me know how much you care about them not practicing today, because, you know, if they. Is it? Do you expect them to play? Does it matter? We'll start with T. Higgins. Didn't practice with the ankle injury. He left the game against uh, the Chargers, then uh, came back later, was hobbling around. What do you expect from T. Higgins? I expect him to play. Maybe reduce your expectations just a little bit, though. But I, I think he'll be out there. This is like almost a playoff game. Like, every week from now on for the Bengals is going to be a playoff game. So they need him. Okay. Uh and Debo Samuel, we talked about, he did not practice, uh, still dealing with that groin injury. They've basically the, all the reporting from day one of the injury was that they only expected it to be a one week injury. Uh, Shanahan said, he's hopeful that he'll play this weekend. Um, if Samuel's playing, you play him. Uh, let's go to New York because that's where all the fun happens. Uh, Kadarius, Tony did not practice. Kenny Galladay did not practice and Sterling Shepard was limited. He's not played since week eight. Um, what do you make of the three giants wide receivers, uh, potentially catching passes this week from Jake Fromm or yeah. Mike Lennon or yeah. or Daniel Jones. Who knows? Uh, that's the problem. I mean, Shepard, I'd normally be intrigued by because he gets a ton of volume when he's out there, but he's already been injured like three different times this year. So couple that mm-hmm. with a fired offensive coordinator and, a, you know, a couple backups. Oh, that's an upgrade. Well, yeah, I suppose <laughs> that's true. Uh, but it's just, you know, backup quarterbacks. It's just a mess. So I'm not trusting Shepard week one back for sure. And, uh, Galladay's failed to impress us. Tony, you know, he he doesn't seem like he's close to coming back. So I think you could probably move on from all these guys if you need to. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, how how could you not want a part of this New York Giants offense that uh, for the first time all year didn't score 10 points? Jason Garrett is is celebrating at home <laughs> because every, at least they scored double digits every single time that he was the offensive coordinator. So, uh, you know, this is a huge, huge step forward for this Giants offense. Uh, all right. Um, staying in New York, Elijah Moore did not practice with a quad injury. Uh, Corey Davis is also out for the year. Uh, so what does this do for you for the Jets uh, wide receivers? Um, you mentioned Jamison Crowder as someone that you were interested in last week. So um, how do you feel about the uh, Jets wide receivers heading into this week? Yeah, I, I really hope that Elijah Moore plays because he's racked up uh, at least the last three weeks a 30% target share every game. He looks really good. Uh, but I do think it's pretty huge for Crowder. If if uh, you already said Davis is out, um, if Moore is out, I, I think that really raises Crowder up the rankings because he's going to be the last one standing. So I've already bumped him up the wide receiver 32 here. And that's kind of thinking maybe more plays, but it's a little limited. But uh, you could really get him up into the mid-20s, I think. I mean, you know, we just seen Crowder soak up these targets. It's not going to be an explosive game, but um, I'll take eight catches. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's useful this time of the year. So I think that's in play if uh, if Elijah Moore misses the game here. Okay. And then if, uh, if Elijah Moore – so you have Crowder at wide receiver 32 if Moore misses. Um, and, you, oh, you said you might bump him up into the 20s. Um, if Moore does play, where does Moore rank? Where does Crowder rank? Yeah, so um, – 
I have Elijah Moore right now at wide receiver 20. I believe I lowered him a couple spots. Yeah, I think I had him at wide receiver 18 before the injury news today. Um, so I kind of ticked him down a little bit. And Crowder came up to 32. I think he was a little bit lower. So if Moore was a full go, uh, Crowder's probably more like 35, 36. But I still think he's a startable flex option. Uh, New Orleans has given up some points to receivers. And their offense, I don't really trust them to – you know, keep the Jets off the field a whole lot. So I, I think the Jets can put up some points. All right. And then Jarvis Landry didn't practice, but uh, he also didn't practice uh, on Wednesday before uh, the week 12 matchup against Baltimore, where he uh, caught six of 10 for 111 yards. So Jarvis Landry, I mean, he's been up and down this year. They don't really have anyone else there to throw the ball to. If he's healthy, are you playing Jarvis Landry? Yeah, that's, I mean, he's wide receiver 25 right now for me. I'm kind of assuming he's going to play and, like you said, last time against Baltimore, uh, six catches for 111 yards. They've got nobody else to give the ball to. Um, you see him give them, like, you know, some uh, close action in the red zone occasionally. So, um, yeah, I feel pretty good about playing Landry. He's not the most exciting player, but he's got to get a lot of volume. And um, these these Browns-Ravens games tend to be weird ones. So, for all we know, this could be like a 31-28 game or something. Yeah, that's true. Well, last time it was a 10-16 game, so, you yeah, know, right. Browns-Ravens. Uh, and then Allen Robinson practiced. Uh, he's not uh, been on a football field, I think, since week nine. Uh, I'm pretty sure he has not practiced since then. Um, he's definitely not played since then. And uh, Allen Robinson was not interesting when he was on the field, so you don't care. I'm just going to help you out there. Right now, listener, don't, don't do it. Don't don't go get Allen Robinson. Uh, most added wide receivers, uh, KJ Osborne. Uh, we talked about him a lot during the Thursday night football section. Uh, Marcus Valdez Scantling, second most added wide receiver. Russell Gage, number three. Uh, Nick Westbrook, Akine, number four, and then Jalen Guyton, number five. Um, of Valdez Scantling, Russell Gage, and Westbrook Akine, where are you ranking them? Do you or, or just more accurately, do you have any interest in starting any of the three of them? Yeah, Gage for sure. I mean, well, I have him at wide receiver 31. I would have him higher. Um, this Panthers defense has been pretty good. They've kind of fallen off a bit as this team's just kind of fallen off. But um, this is a tough defense. They're like in the bottom five and fantasy points allowed, uh, PPR points to wide receivers. So um, Gage would be a lot higher than 31 if not for that. He's been really good lately for fantasy purposes. So uh, you can feel pretty good about starting Gage. Um Valdez Scantling's kind of interesting. I mean, I've got him at wide receiver 41, so this is deep league only, but uh, two straight weeks with nine or more targets. Um, and that was even with Lazard back last week. Lazard had missed a week. So we know those zero games are always a possibility from MVS, but there is some upside here. And uh, Rogers seems to really enjoy just crushing the Bears. So uh, they could put up some points here, but it is in Green Bay. So cold weather warning. Uh, we'll see what the weather looks like there. Okay. Um, yeah. Russell Gage, at least seven targets each of the last three weeks, uh, obviously a huge game this past week. So um, he, that has been the gauge that we thought we were going to get all season long as the number two there in Atlanta. And I guess he just really thrives as the number one uh, <laughs> a wide receiver. Anyway, Cordero Patterson and Kyle Pitts definitely still both rank above him in terms of, of yeah. hierarchy, but uh, as far as wide receivers go, Gage is, is thriving really as the number one there. Uh, all right. And then some uh, wide receivers that you rank, a little bit differently than consensus. Um, let's talk about Van Jefferson. You're you're high on Van Jefferson. Um, you've got him as a, a top 24 option. Um, expert consensus has him closer to like flex play. Um, where What are you doing with Van Jefferson? Why, why are you high on him? Yeah, I mean, he's just out there for every snap. I still think this passing game has talent. Um, so, you know, it's a division game against the Cardinals. This is a really important game. And he's going to be out on the field a ton. And I expect this to be a high scoring game. So, 
I mean, he saw 98% of the snaps in week 12, 94, and uh, week 13, I believe. Uh, maybe I got that backwards. But, yeah, he's been out there a ton. And, you know, Odo Beckham is looking good, but he's still not, like, full-fledged, like, you know, target hog yet. So um, I just think Jefferson, he's got some big playability. They're going to need to score points. So uh, I just I think he's a nice play. He's had a touchdown two straight weeks. And, um, yeah, let's go. I'll, I'll start any of these receivers in Los Angeles. Okay. Uh, and then you have Emmanuel Sanders, nine spots above uh, expert consensus. I mean, he's still a wide receiver 36 for you. So it's not exactly like a, oh my God, you have to start this guy. But, uh, you know, why is Emmanuel Sanders someone that you think is kind of worth that that dart throw? Yeah, I was surprised to see that I was high on him. Um, you know, he actually had one of his, well, it wasn't as better a game point-wise, but last week in that ridiculous weather, uh, he had six targets and three catches for 22 yards. Like that was kind of, relatively speaking, his best week in a while. Uh, they're going to be playing Tampa Bay um, in Tampa Bay, so we're hoping for some nicer weather here. Uh, it's going to be a shootout, you would have to assume. Um, Tampa Bay funnels a lot to the passing game. So I don't know. He's out there if you play. Um, it hasn't paid off lately, but, um, you know, they're going to put up points. Josh Allen's good. Uh, that's kind of all we're looking for at this point with how bad some of the receivers have been. Give me a, a good quarterback in a game where they're going to be throwing a lot, putting up points, and you could do worse than Sanders. Him and Beasley are kind of right in the same range. Um, it's kind of a shrug your shoulders, which one of those has a better shot this week. But um, I do like Sanders. Okay. Uh, and then uh, you kind of flipped with uh, Fantasy Pro's expert consensus on Darnell Mooney and Van Jefferson. Um, I mentioned you have Jefferson as a, as a wide receiver, too. For them, it's a flex. You're the exact opposite when it comes to Darnell Mooney. Um, you're a little bit lower. Why? Uh, you know, Justin Fields is, is starting. Uh, you know, I don't see how that could be bad for anyone's fantasy value, uh, especially Darnell Mooney. I mean, come on. This is a great offense there in Chicago, Eric. <laughs> no, I was really high on him. Uh, maybe I've forgotten, you know, all that work he was getting with, with Fields. Maybe I need to readjust here. But I don't know. On the road in Green Bay, uh, they're kind of middle of the pack, giving up points to receivers. You expect it to be cold. I don't know. I just it, – it seems like one of those games that's a lot of running from, from the Bears uh, trying to – like, I don't think they just want to put fields out there and throw 40 times and take shots. So I just see a kind of conservative game plan. I think the Packers are going to handle him pretty easily. And, you know, it, it's not a bad – he's not a bad start by any means, but I've come down off him from where I was a couple weeks ago. Well, I mean, there's – for good a good reason to be concerned about – you know, you said you wanted to start any wide receiver in Los Angeles. And, you know, it's basically the opposite here in Chicago. I don't want to start anyone in Chicago's passing offense. Um this season, uh, they're averaging 174 yards per game, passing yards per game, which is obviously last in the NFL. There's there's teams that average that like per half. Uh, just just to give a comparison, and this is from um, uh, a beat reporter uh, in the NFL, basically found this stat. The uh, the Chicago Bears under Sid Luckman uh, averaged 190 passing yards per game. And if you've never heard of Sid Luckman, that's okay. I wouldn't expect you to. He was the head coach during the 1940s. So the 1940s Chicago bears were a better passing offense. I'm pretty sure like the forward pass was still illegal at that time. Uh, and they were just, you know, being real great innovators. So this is, this is a, a far cry from, <laughs> from the, from those days of football. And yet, you know, this is, this is where we're at now for yeah, Chicago bears passing offense. That's probably on like nine attempts per game. They caught the league by storm. No one knew what to do. So it's like, you know, bears are doing this on like 30 attempts per game. Yeah, and that was uh, Bill Zimmerman from SiriusXM. Uh, wanted to give credit where credit's due for finding that stat. So, uh, yeah, this is, this is not what you want to see from a passing offense today. 
but uh, you know, Darnell Mooney's getting like half of that. So he's yes. been, he's been mostly good. Um, all right, let's move on over to quarterback. Uh, before we get into, you know, hold on. I'll save this guy for last. Let's start with Justin Herbert. You dropped him in your rankings. Uh, there's no Keenan Allen. There's no Mike Williams. Austin Eckler's limited. Uh, is Justin Herbert still someone that you can comfortably start this week? Yeah, I dropped him, but I still have him at QB eight. Um, I just would have had him a lot higher than that. I mean, he's been, uh, let's see, uh, QB six or better in four of the last five weeks. He's been on fire, looked really good against the Bengals. I do think there's enough of a worry, though, against the Giants if they just get up on him. Uh, it could be a lot of running. Austin Eckler, just kind of take it easy. So having those passing game options worries me a little bit, but I, I'm still starting him. He, he's been running a little more lately. Um, and, it, you know, they're going to score touchdowns against the Giants. So, yeah, still feel good about Herbert. He's just not that elite option he might have been. But, hey, who knows? Maybe he's just – he's so hot right now that with Guyton and Palmer, he's going to make this work. I, I wouldn't put it past him. That Justin Herbert, so hot right now. So hot. Uh, <laughs> uh, you've got Taysom Hill as your your streamer um of the week and, and i think you have him as a top 10 quarterback um uh, but there's some other quarterbacks that have been kind of popular streamer picks i think uh just kind of among uh like the industry and the, and the general population um tyler he- taylor heineke um is, is someone justin fields when he was starting was someone people were kind of looking to stream um you know justin fields being the starter this week where do you stand on uh heineke fields and uh cam newton as well cam i know uh has been added in a lot of leagues um, and, you know, up until the uh, the game that he had uh, against Miami in week 12 and then the bye last week. So it, where are you on any of those three quarterbacks? Yeah, so let me start with Cam. Uh, let me start backwards here. It's I talked about it a little bit before. I love the Atlanta matchup, but he looked so bad last game against Miami. Um, I mean, the quote from Matt Rule is that he's anticipated to be the starter for Sunday, which it's not necessarily that I believe that. I think he's going to be the starter, but like, I'd prefer my starting quarterback to be a lock to play the whole game. He didn't make it through the whole game last time. So he's a QB 15. There's there's a ton of upside here. I mean, Cam could be, he could finish in the top six probably and nobody would be that surprised. It's just, it's a lot of risk for this time of the year. So that's what I'm worried about with Cam is just, if you get that floor game from him and you get four points, what do you have last week? Eight points, I guess. Eight points. Um, yeah. That's really going to burn you. So that that's the fear. If you feel like living dangerously, he's a, he's a good option. I do think he's got a lot of upside, but uh, that's my problem with Cam Newton. Um, and like, you know, just new coordinator, um, you know, I just, it looks, it looks like a sloppy game against the Falcons. I don't know how many points are going to be scored here. So um, other than that, uh, let's see, who are we on here? Taysom Hill. I, I already talked about Taysom Hill quite a bit. Yeah, Heineke. Taylor, Taylor Heineke and uh, Justin Fields. That's right. I just, Heineke. I just don't see it. I mean, I know people rave about him, and I just, I think he's kind of a game manager that makes a few plays, but um, they're, they're, their offense is so slow paced that if they play this game the way they want to, it just really caps his upside. So you're looking at one top 10 QB performance in the last, I don't know, eight or so weeks. I, I just, they don't pay, play fast enough for him to put up those points. And then uh, he's, so he's my QB 16. I'd rather play Cam than him. And then Fields, he's like down to 20. Um, I, I I would rather play him than people like Teddy Bridgewater, you know, uh, Matt Ryan, people that, you know, aren't going to run the ball and don't have upside with their legs. But I'd rather play someone like Garoppolo. I think he's got a little better of a floor. Uh, even Tannehill against the Jaguars. So I'd rather see Fields back for a week and make sure he's kind of all the way back. Yeah, uh, Bridgewater, the third most added uh, quarterback in Yahoo this week. So I appreciate that uh, clarification on him as well. Um, And then, okay, we have to talk about this guy. Um, I'm going to save him one more time, though. Russell Wilson, outside (laughs) the top 10 for you. 
Uh, he has now put up 20 plus points, two straight weeks. Obviously that's not what you're expecting when you drafted Russell Wilson. Um, are, is there, are you at all looking for a replacement to Russell Wilson or, or perhaps, um, you know, someone to start while Wilson sits on the bench as he still gets right? Yeah. I mean, like you said, he's come close to 20 points the last couple of weeks. So you could do worse for sure. He had, he did look better. He's playing the Texans. It's not the end of the world, but I would rather play Kirk Cousins. Um, I would rather take the upside on Taysom Hill. Uh, so those are those are the only two options above like the elite elite quarterbacks that you're probably going to play over him. But um, if he ended up with one of them, go for it. Uh, I would rather play Wilson against Houston than Stafford against the Cardinals. I think, um, even though I like those receivers, uh, Cardinals are a good defense, and I could see some turnovers and stuff out of Stafford. So uh, Wilson's not a bad play QB eleven. But if you got Hill or Cousins, I'd, I'd probably roll with them. All right. Speaking of those elite, elite quarterbacks, how's this for elite, elite Patrick Mahomes, five of his last six games has had fewer than 17 points in six point per passing touchdown leagues. That is absolutely abysmal. That is, I don't know what that ranks each week, but it's, it cannot be in the top 10 on a regular basis. That's for sure. Uh, Mahomes, of course, in that the one game that he wasn't below 17 points, he scored like seven, you know, 47. I was gonna say 72, like, you know, that was the wrong number, like 47 points. So, uh, Patrick Mahomes, I mean, just what, what can you do? You can't, can you bench him? Like, I, what do you do with him? <laughs> well, that one game was uh, 400 yards, five touchdowns against the Raiders, and that's who he plays this week. So, uh, I don't know. Are you really gonna, are you really gonna bench him? Like, uh, it just, he said he said two weeks below 10 points in in that stretch in the last six weeks i mean if he had a different name he'd be on the bench he'd be on the waiver wire i bet we could play this game with quite a few of these quarterbacks though i mean it's just been a wild year and like i mean who would you who would you have picked up that you would play over mahomes like you wouldn't have drafted any of these players so are you could you really live with yourself if you play cousins over mahomes i don't know uh i could if mahomes scores under 10 points again (laughs) That's Russell fair. Wilson. I'll I'll get Russell Wilson from the guy panicking on him. Actually, I mean, I no guess, one's pan- no one's panicked on Russell Wilson. He's still ninety five percent rostered. So um, yeah, I mean Cousins and and Mahomes are. I mean that's kind of what are you looking for here? I mean Cousins is between like thirteen and twenty five points every week. So if you want that consistency, then hey, go for it. He's usually QB seven to QB thirteen. Uh, so I get it. If you want the consistency, go with Cousins. Um, Mahomes certainly has more upside, but like you said, he's got downside. So I do like the matchup against the Raiders. Like. The Raiders are fading, but it's still a relatively important division game, and they torched him once. So I think Mahomes will be fine this week. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people are hoping for it too because uh, Mahomes is still 100% rostered. No one, no one out there on Yahoo, even in leagues where you don't have that can't cut list, no one has has dared drop Patrick Mahomes yet. So yep. uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe this is the week once it's six out of seven under 17. <laughs> Maybe someone will finally get fed up with him. Uh, all right. At tight end, Darren Waller did not practice. He missed week 13. Uh, Foster Moreau, uh, popular streaming pick across the industry, not just us. Uh, he did not do super well in Darren Waller's absence. Uh, what, do you, what, do you, what do you make of this? If you have a Waller, um, you probably have another tight end on your roster because you probably didn't start him this past week. It might be Foster Moreau. Um, you know, are you at all hopeful that Waller is going to be able to return this week? And are you looking for someone else to stream at tight end? If, uh, if you did indeed pick up Moreau last week. Yeah, I would be looking for someone over Moreau. I mean, maybe it turns around this week that um, the Chiefs do give up points to the tight end position, but um, it's kind of two straight weeks. I'm pretty sure Waller left early in that other game and Moreau didn't do much. So uh, two straight weeks, I think it's time to move on here. So 
I mean, I would rather take a shot on someone like, uh, even though I just, you know, we talked bad about the Bears passing game, but Cole Komet's seen a lot of volume lately. I think you can at least count on him for getting you six, seven, eight, nine points. Uh, I'm not sure we can count on um, Foster Moreau for that. So someone like him, I would probably go for Jared Cook, even though I talked down, uh, he may get an increased workload. They're both kind of tight end 14, 15 range for me. So um, if Conklin's still out there, I've got him all the way up at tight end nine. So there are quite a few options I'd take over Moreau. Conklin is very much still out there. He's available in 56% of Yahoo League. So, yeah, so just get Conklin. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and then uh, uh, Logan Thomas was placed on IR. Uh, so he is going to be out for at least three weeks. He might be out for the season. I think this is the second time being placed on IR, which means it is season ending. Uh, Ricky Seals-Jones is back. Uh, he has not played since week 10. Uh, he got in a limited practice uh, on Wednesday and, you know, he did play, I was going to say he played pretty well. I think more than anything, he played all of the snaps when mm-hmm. Logan Thomas was hurt, which is uh, at least half the battle for tight end that he's out there and he's running a lot of routes. Um, it, from week five to week eight, uh, he played a hundred percent of the snaps uh, every single week. And he had nine, six, seven, and four targets at tight end. So, uh, you know, it, if you had Logan Thomas or if you had Foster Moreau, um, is Ricky Seals Jones someone that you're targeting as, as a you know potential tight end candidate? I'm, I'm starting to think that maybe Washington shouldn't play their tight ends 100 percent of the snaps because they all get hurt. So uh, I'm not sure if Ricky Seals Jones built for that. Um, no, I mean I've got I actually have him above Moreau. I've got him tight end 17. I would rather see him back and healthy for a week before I trust him. So that's that's my main catch here. But um, he was around you know 10 PPR points most weeks when he played. So uh, if you're desperate, go for him. But I'd rather uh, wait a week and get him next week if I need to. Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> speaking of the 100% snap thing, the Washington football team uh, played one tight end, 93% of the snaps or more from week one to week eight straight. Um, uh, as Logan Thomas did so the first three weeks of the season, Ricky Seals Jones took over from there, uh, and uh, they both missed uh, uh, a significant. They uh, did not really play in week ten, so I don't. That was that was what what hurt them was the fact that neither one of them were healthy in week ten. Uh, otherwise, they probably would have continued to play Ricky Seals Jones all of the snaps. Even John Bates had a ninety eight percent snap week, so uh, he had a sixty four percent. Like they're they're using whoever's out there, they're they're throwing them to the wolves. So uh, yeah, maybe it's Jones Seals Jones this week. I uh, I was saying before the show starts that uh, every every time I look up, I learn about a new football player. Um, and John Bates, welcome to the club. You are now. I now know who you are. Congratulations! It only took you getting ninety nine percent of the snaps in week eleven, uh, and yet only three targets. So uh, John Bates, not not an ad. Uh, Ricky Seals Jones, uh, maybe maybe you probably. Hey, John Bates, six foot six, fourth round pick out of Boise State. Let's go. Tell, tell Ben Brown that's the article he's going to write next year. Because Logan <laughs> Thomas, by the way, I, he tore his ACL. So he's definitely – well, they think he tore his ACL. Yeah. So uh, Washington might need another uh, athletic freak uh, tight end next year and uh, might be John Bates. Uh, all right, finally, defense. Um, you know, we talked a lot earlier about how there's so many defenses worth streaming. So we're not going to talk about that right now. If you go to the streamer section, we talk, there's like six different defenses uh, that have been on the most added list, very worth streaming. But what that means, though – is that a lot of the high roster defenses don't have great matchups. Um, starting with the New England defense, their matchup this week is awful. It's nobody. They don't play. They're going to get you zero points. They're on the bye. Are you rostering the Patriots defense defense through their bye? Because coming out of it, they go to Indianapolis. They host Buffalo. Um, they do play Jacksonville in week 17, which could be your championship. 
but you know, there's a chance that you don't want to play them until then. What do you, how are you approaching this new England defense? I probably would have moved on. Honestly. I mean, the Colts, it sounds like a good matchup because Wentz will do some stupid things and take sacks, <laughs> but uh, I mean, they're in the bottom 10 of fantasy points allowed the opposing defenses. So uh, bills are bottom five. Uh, so you're really just holding out for that Jaguars matchup. I, I, and there are some roster situations where it's certainly worth that. So I, I get it. If you hold out for that week, what was that week? 17 Jaguars week 17. Game, but, yep. Yeah. And so, then, and then Miami in week 18, if you're one of those um, uh, people out there who play week 18. Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, they do play Miami uh, in week 18. So uh, it's, uh, that's a, that's a playable matchup for sure. Yeah. Um, the only thing I will say, and I'm just going to reiterate this. I said it last week, New England has scored double digit points. Uh, every single week since week seven. Last week they scored eight, so I guess technically not every single week, but uh, eight points or more every single week since week seven. Um, and and the only thing, the only other side of that is the offenses they played during that stretch were the Jets, the Panthers, the Browns, the Falcons, the Derrick Henry, less Tennessee Titans, uh, the Buffalo Bills in the wind game, and the one good matchup they had that entire time. Uh, oh, that, that Browns matchup, by the way, was without Nick Chubb. Uh, the one good matchup they've had that entire stretch was in LA to play the chargers back uh, on Halloween. So yeah. make of that what you will. Uh, Eric says you are safe to drop them. Uh, maybe at this time of year with that, that matchup in week 17 being like as, as good as you could ask for, maybe you just sit them and pick up a defense that you can play in week 15 and week 16. Um, if there's someone out there that's like that um, Tampa Bay and Buffalo play each other this week. They are the two most rostered, uh, defenses and both uh, Buffalo and Tampa Bay tend to not give up uh, points to opposing fantasy defenses. So uh, are you playing them? If you have them, are you looking elsewhere? I'd rather not play them, but they both have really good schedules coming up. Uh, Tampa Bay after this week is new Orleans, Carolina and the jets. So I would not move on from them. Um, and then even the bills after this week, they play Carolina, new England and the Falcons. So uh, there's at least two starts for both of those defenses. So, uh, no, I mean, I have both of them. Uh, let's see, lower than – well, are they are most weeks, like outside of the top 15. Um, I could see the Bucks getting some sacks on Josh Allen. Uh, maybe they make a decent day. But, no, I would look for matchups. It's probably the time of the year where you can roster two defenses. So, keep them on your roster. Find someone, uh, you know, like all those those – teams we mentioned earlier on against the Texans or Jaguars or, or Lions or whatever, try to pick them up and then come right back to these other defenses uh, down the stretch. Okay. And then you mentioned their schedules through week 17, uh, even week 18 for both of them is very uh, excellent. Buffalo bills play the jets and Tampa Bay plays Carolina again. Yep. Um, and then the fourth and fifth most rostered defenses uh, on Yahoo are the Rams and uh, or sorry, fourth and six are the Rams and the Cardinals who also play each other. Um, you know, are you playing them through this um, as they play each other? And, you know, are you dropping them if you can't play them? Cause uh, you know, if, if future schedule. Yeah. I think the Cardinals are a little more playable. We've just seen Stafford turning the ball over a bit lately and making some poor decisions, getting sacked a little bit with some uh, poor blocking. So um, Cardinals have just been, they've been a pretty good defense. So I've still got them uh, defense 10 to 12. I'm still kind of shaking out these rankings, but I think you could start the Cardinals. I wouldn't particularly want to play the Rams against the Cardinals. Um, and then the Cardinals do have uh, Detroit um, next week. And then after that, it's the Colts and Cowboys and Seahawks. So it's not real great. Uh, so I, I think you can get a couple weeks out of the Cardinals. You might want to move on after that. 
Um, and then as far as the Rams go, their schedule's not real great. After Arizona, it's Seattle, Minnesota, Baltimore, San Francisco. So there just aren't any like just cake matchups there. I their defense has been a little underwhelming anyway, so I would move on from the Rams personally. Yeah, the the Rams actually, considering the fact that they've been, I think they're the fourth most rostered defense. You would expect that they've at least been good this year. Um, they do not rank in the top fifteen defenses in uh, uh, average points per game. Um, so they're they're just not, uh, you know, they have not been good. I think they're nineteenth um, in points per game for, for defense. So it's just, it's not what you want to see. Arizona actually ranks fourth in points per game. Um, and in their week four matchup against each other, obviously a lot has changed since week four, uh, for, for both teams, but in that week four matchup, um, Arizona still put up, they put up five fantasy points. Um, they forced two turnovers. Um, and Arizona is a team that gets a lot of sacks. So even though they didn't get sacks in that game, they've had at least, uh, three sacks in three of their last four games. Uh, the Rams, on the other hand, scored negative one points against the Cardinals in week four as they gave up 37 points uh, and got absolutely blown out then. And they do not tend to do very well. I mean, they had a good game. Their only two double digit games this year came against the Giants and the Jaguars. Yeah. So they just beat up on really bad teams. And that's about it. So yeah. um, I'm, I'm 100% with, there with you. So if you've got one of these four defenses, Tampa Bay, Buffalo, uh, Rams, the Cardinals, you can hold on to Tampa Bay, Buffalo and the Cardinals. You can probably play the Cardinals this week and just drop the Rams um, and and, and move on. Um, And if you've got new England, yeah, very tough, very tough decision. I I think, I think I'll, the call that I'll say is just see if you can bench them. See if you can, if you can bench and hold them um, because they, they've done well enough, I think to earn the benefit of the doubt. Um, But I, I, I see the argument. Yeah, I mean, if you're in first place and this week doesn't matter and you got to buy, and then so you only got one week to go pretty much where you don't want to start them and then you got that nice matchup. So, yeah, yeah it definitely that, depends on your situation. Matchup. And if you need if you need depth at flex or not, there, there's just a lot of roster decisions to take in there. For sure. Well, good luck. Uh, hopefully yeah. you make the playoffs. Hopefully the uh, you clinch a buy uh, or maybe maybe not. Hopefully you clinch a buy because then you won't listen to next week's podcast. So, you know, <laughs> uh, may you all land somewhere between the third and sixth seed in your respective fantasy football leagues. But thank you so much for listening this week. Uh, you know, I, I, this was probably the best show we've done all year. So we'll just continue to be fine uh, off the show. Uh, all right. Thank you all so much.